for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We are live from Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. And Joe, I feel like fans are starting to think this is what we expected from the Flyers, a team that would struggle to keep the puck out of their net, that would struggle to score at times, and that some losses would start to pile. They're on their longest losing streak so far this season, four games, 0-3-1 in this stretch. Um, I think we're starting to see what the team can look like when Carter Hart isn't bailing it out. But what are, you, what are your overall impressions so far, especially during this losing streak here? Well, I actually think you're starting to see almost some of the things that John Tortorella expected to see because he's talked for a long time this season about um, how they're not going to fill the net up every night and that they have a lot of work to do. And, um, you know, you're starting to see sort of – the, the warts are starting to show up and they're starting to show up and actually cost them games early in the season. It was get down to nothing. And then it's covered up by a win. And he would, you know, we would all kind of chuckle after the game when he would say, you know, he would kind of focus on the things that didn't go well, as opposed to the fact that they won. And I think this is the reason why um, a, a talent gap is going to show up against a lot of these teams that they play. Um, And I think we've seen it now. We saw it against Dallas. Um, Even though there's not a huge talent gap with Columbus, you see it with a player like Johnny Gaudreau. The Flyers don't have a Johnny Gaudreau where you can kind of just say, go out and make something happen for us. Um, But, you know, of course, they're going to be really up against it when they play the Bruins later this week. Um, But, I think that that's the biggest thing is you're starting to see that talent gap and that when the the better teams in the league, when something breaks down, they have things behind the, the thing that they do best Mm -hmm. that can make up for some of that. The flyers don't really have anything behind what they do best. And quite frankly, when you listen to John Tortorella talk, I'm not sure that he knows what this team does best yet. I still think they're in the process of, finding the identity of what they are. And um, I, you know, you can't play from behind every game. And I think you saw this particularly in this second game in Columbus in six days where they not only did they overcome a two goal deficit, but they overcame two of them, one at the beginning of the game, another in the third period, and then still lose the game in overtime. That just has to be, incredibly deflating when you um, not only come back once, but you do it a second time and momentum kind of seems like it should be in your favor after having done that twice. And then, like you said, Carter Hart has an ordinary game, a so-so game, um, a game that, you know, he would not say was one of his best. A goalie's not going to be at his best every game. The problem with this team is, they seem like they need him to be at his best every game to have a chance to win. And I'm not sure that that's a great recipe for long-term success. And I think that's what you're starting to see show up now. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. They were getting by with Carter Hart putting up like a 197 goals against and a 940 plus save percentage. And realistically, he wasn't going to stay at that. He wasn't going to stay at those numbers. And you're starting to see what happens when he he doesn't stop a breakaway or when he's not perfect on the team's PK. Uh, There's definitely a talent deficiency there. We've said it all along. John Torella has admitted that his team is not littered with goal scorers. So I think the other night, Joe, after the Stars game on Sunday where they lost five to one, pretty lopsided loss. And he comes out of it. He goes out of his way to defend his guys and say they're trying. And I like their effort. And I don't care if people boo us. I don't care if people talk badly about us. But these guys are trying. I feel like that's John Tortorello, the spin artist. He's he's going to spin things and try to change the narrative via the media uh, when he feels like maybe the team's going to hit a new low. How can they? How can he maintain their confidence in their effort? And that's the one thing this team can control is how hard they play. They've won games because they play hard. Uh, and he knows that's the one thing within their control. And I felt like that was him saying, hey, guys, um, I appreciate your trying. And if we keep trying and if we keep playing hard, some more wins will come. I feel like that was his message right there. Did, did you feel the same? Yeah. And I think also what he's doing here is and it's something we that I've heard from Scott Hartnell working with him since I, I've, before they hired John Tortorella and just in conversation about what it's like to be on his team. It's. You know, when things like the how he kind of had that mini brawl in the hallway when he was coaching Vancouver, uh, when he went into the opposing team's hallway in defense of one of his players. And, you know, these are things that galvanize a team when when the players see that this this is our coach and he is our back and he's not going to let. I'm not going to say that the media was bullying him, but what I'm saying is if the media, their line of questioning, if he think it's, thinks it suggests a lack of effort or something along those lines, and that's not what he perceives, he's going to make it clear this is not what it is. And that's exactly what he did after that the, that game on, against Dallas. And I think those are the kind of things where you you keep the players in your corner while you're coaching them hard. I think that's kind of him, that balancing act that he has to do, coach them hard, also let them know you have that that you have their back. And we had Cam Atkinson tell us in the offseason about how important that is to know that your coach has your back. And and Scott has said it over and over again to me and um you know has as mentioned and he mentioned to us uh about how he wished he had him when he was a younger player. So that maybe you would see that and not necessarily jump to this guy's such a hard coach and he kind of, and he's on us all the time and see him more of a guy that's on us all the time, but he'll have our, if we're in a, if we get backed on the, into a corner, he's going to be right there with us in the corner. And I think that's what you saw against after that Dallas game. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, he try he's trying to put to, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to, to put to rest the, the, I actually think it was you that asked him about the the lopsided nature of that game, and he and he said he didn't think it was lopsided. Yeah. That was really interesting to me because 
when you lose by that score, I don't know how you take away from that other than lopsided, but he clearly did. And uh, I, I found that to be very interesting. And I think that's one of those things where it's um, he's going to get his message out one way or another. It's going to be very direct or like you said, he's going to use the media to get the message out um, to to the masses, to the fans, to, you know, to the players, quite frankly, um, because what happens is, you know. He says those things and then as the week goes on the things he said continuously get brought up when those sort of narratives and storylines get put into other games that they're playing that week. And, and I, I just, I, I think that that's, I don't want to say it's typical of a new coach, but it's, um, I think it's a tool he's using to build chemistry with this group that he has. Uh, one of the tools. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. Download the new Season 3 of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe, I definitely think that's the, you know, this, this, the background of John Tortorella is that he knows when to be hard on his players and he knows when to be nurturing. And I felt like after that 5-1 loss to the Stars on Sunday – it felt like a new low for the team. It felt like the first time the team was really facing like a real heavy dose of adversity. And that was his time to pick his team back up where everyone on the outside is questioning them. Everyone on the outside is doubting their talent. Everyone's saying, well, here, here are the flyers we expected. And I think he knew that was a time to get behind his team and say, Hey, the efforts there. And I appreciate that. And if we do that more often, uh, better things will happen because Quite frankly, that was an awful loss. Uh, he he can try to sugarcoat it all he wants, but they didn't. Let, they lost five one. None of the goals were empty netters. Two of them were on the team's PK. One was on their own power play, and the other two were at even strength. So they fell short in all phases of the game in terms of PK, power play, and even strength. And he comes out and he tries to say, "Hey, well, we're we're trying." Uh, I don't think it was lopsided. So he's going to fight the media a little bit in terms of narrative. Uh, but that's his way of defending his team, 
trying to spin it as best he can and, and try to keep the energy level up because the fact is it's a young team. It's a young team with not a lot of experience that's coming off an awful year the year prior where I think negative thoughts can easily creep into the into these guys' heads, but he's trying to keep it uh, even keel as best he can. I think that's why John Tortorella's had success uh, wherever he goes is he understands not to get too high, too low, and I think that's a good thing for the Flyers right now. Yeah, and I think what we started this podcast by talking about the talent gap, he's not going to talk about that because he's not going to say, well, this team has tons more talent than us, but he's kind of saying it without saying it. I mean, you look at the Dallas game and you have Tyler Sagan scoring, you have Jason Robertson scoring. These are, uh, well, in Sagan's case, a veteran goal scorer, a guy who's, who puts up big point numbers every year. He plays on the top line. Jason Robertson's one of the bright young stars in this league, just signed a huge contract, um, was a 40-plus goal scorer last year, and looked every bit that part against the Flyers on Sunday. So John Tortorella is not going to come out and say, well, they have better players than us. No coach says that. But I think what him, him saying that they were trying and that it wasn't lopsided indirectly tells you that the team they're playing has more talent because if you're both putting in the same amount of effort and you lose by four goals, that just means the other team's more talented. And that's what we're seeing. Um, Now that night Carter Hart wasn't playing because it was a back to back, but still, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that if Carter Hart was in there, the game would have been that much different. Um, Particularly when you, you pointed out the, uh, the special teams. I mean, shorthanded goals, power play goals. I mean, that's that, that's what's going to happen. It doesn't matter who the goalie is. If you're if you're sitting back eating pucks the whole game, you're going to end up giving up goals. Yeah. Um, if you're and quite frankly, I saw it a little bit last night too. If you kind of play around with the puck at the blue line on your power play without anybody behind you, you're asking for problems. And I. I think we've seen Kevin Hayes do that a little bit in some recent games where there's a lot of stick handling up by the blue line with nobody behind you. You have no safety net. And it's really living life on the edge as a team. And I feel like that's some of the things that he is going to try to clean up. And, um, you know, because, again, you have a – a young team, an inexperienced team, a team that's dealing with injuries, and a team that, quite frankly, is not as talented as most of the teams they're going to play. So when you live life on the edge and add in all those factors, you're really putting yourself up against it. Joe, do you feel like fans should be fearing the worst right now? They Fans went through two double-digit losing streaks last year. Not one, two. Should fans be thinking this is possible again? This team could go on a lengthy skid. I, I think there's more reason to believe that the Flyers can nip this in the bud and not let it get out of control because I think a, a coach like John Torella understands to, you know, he goes into immense detail. He dissects film. Um, he's going to have the guys at least playing hard where they're not. I, I, I don't think they're going to be getting too low. Uh, so I think there's a there's a reason to believe they can get out of this and kind of stem the tide a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to get back into the playoff picture or be a contending team, uh, but I do think they can avoid disaster. Where do you think fans should feel about that? Well, here, here's what I'll say. The difference between – you mentioned last year with the double-digit losing streaks uh, multiple times. Last night's game uh, against Columbus, um, I mean, the Dallas game did kind of get out of control, but 
what you saw last night was they get down two nothing, they come back. They're down two goals in the third period, they come back. I don't think last year's team would have done that. Yeah. So I think that is definitely a big sign that this is not last year's team. Um, because there's a there's a fight there that I felt like last year when you get down multiple goals, things snowballed or it was just kind of autopilot to the end of the game. And I don't feel like that's what that's the type of team that they have this year despite the fact that the personnel is the same, he is not a coach that's going to let the team stop fighting. And I think we've seen that. I mean, they've come from behind plenty of times already this year. So I think now playing like that all the time, they're going to get tired of playing that way. That's for sure. But I don't, I would say if I'm looking for something to grasp onto, to say, this is why they're not that team. The fact that they came back in the game against Columbus two times and that they've done it several other times this year tells me this is definitely a different team, even though the personnel doesn't look a ton different. I thought Brian Boucher on the ESPN Plus broadcast last night had a really good point. He he felt at the beginning of the game, as he was uh, analyzing the Flyers and what they've done so far, he felt the team's been pretty entertaining and fun to watch. And I think a lot of people will probably argue against that in terms of in terms of this team does not score a lot of goals. They don't really have a face, I think, of the team yet. But I will say the effort's there. And I think that's something Philly can take a little bit of pride in, is that they do block shots. They do stand up for one another. uh, And they have a young goalie in net who can be awfully fun to watch. So I do think there's something you can rally behind with this team in the sense of effort, caring for one another. Uh, Those sound like cliches, but at least that's there. And it's becoming kind of a gritty team to play against in the terms of that they're going to hit, they're going to forecheck, they're going to get after you, and they have a goalie in net that is going to stop pucks uh, if he sees them and has a chance to stop them. So I do think there are some things that make this team willing or interesting to watch, and, and you want to watch. You feel like there's something to watch there, and that's a good thing. Joe, I will say, I think Johnny Gaudreau was pretty pumped to play the Flyers. I think there was something to it for him that the Flyers weren't all that interested in him I think he was surprised a bit that they weren't and that they weren't going to free up cap in the offseason to go after him. He looked awfully good. And like you were saying, that's a star player that when a team is in need of a play, he can make one. I, I think we really saw that. Well, we've seen it in both of these games against Columbus. We've seen him just a play where you're watching the play and you're like, wow, that guy's better than everyone else. We saw it happen multiple times in last week's game against Columbus. Then we saw it happen again last night. And I mean, his career numbers against the Flyers are great. And that was before he came to Columbus. So um, yeah, there's probably a little bit of um, because the consensus in the media was that the Flyers were going after him. And then that narrative kind of got put to bed by him really saying he barely talked to them. And then there's this other, he got, hammered at the at the Islanders arena the other night and then came out and said he didn't get it because he hadn't talked to the Islanders it seems like there's a little bit of like sour grapes going on with him a little bit um this is what happens when you sign a big contract in sports the places that you didn't sign with generally are going to know that and then their fans are going to get on you I think that's just what happens um the great ones use it as motivation we've seen him use it as motivation against the Flyers uh, twice now in the last six days or a week. Um, so that's not a great sign. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was definitely some added um, 
incentive there for him. And then when he comes to Philadelphia to play, I'm sure there's going to be family in, you know, in the stands to watch and watch out. Flyers are going to have to watch out again because, you know, he, you know, he's going to be on his A game for those games. And um, uh, again, it kind of just goes back to the, the, the talent gap situation, but you know, if the Flyers had Johnny Gaudreau, I'm not, I'm not sure how much better of a team they are. It's this is a team that's has key pieces that aren't playing because of injury, a new coach, a lot of youth, and quite frankly, a lot of guys playing in the NHL that probably aren't ready to play in the NHL yet that are sort of learning on the fly. And I'm not like, if you're Johnny Gaudreau, you're almost 30 years old. Um, You've had a lot of experience, a lot of playoff experience. You've scored a lot of goals, a lot of points in this league. I'm not really sure that, uh, you know, this is the kind of situation that would be the best for him. I'm not saying Columbus is, and, you know, but they paid him those money and that's where he went. And I mean, you can't fault him for that, but then when you do that, it's not a great look to have kind of these sour feelings toward multiple other places because, you know, everybody was in play. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. Um, We don't know the details, but I mean, if you really wanted to play here, you could have played here. If you really wanted to play with the Islanders, you could have played with the Islanders. I mean, you're free. That's what, that's the beauty of free agency as a player is that you get to kind of dictate what's going on. And, but you know, the, the whole idea, not, not that he really did this about Philly, but the whole idea that you sign with a part, uh, a team and then you go, well, why are this, te- why is this team's fans treating me this way? And it kind of comes with the territory. I mean, it does look at um, in the history of sports, the guys that, you know, the, the great ones uh, are generally hated or booed or whatever the case may be against the teams that they face. Yeah. So I think it comes with the territory. Yeah, he's going to get booed, I think, in a number of buildings, uh, particularly probably in the Northeast. Um, The only thing is, I will say, I I feel like the fan base blames the Flyers for not having him. I don't feel like they blame him. No, no. I I, when he comes here, I I actually don't think Cole really get any boos because uh, I think it's more frustration with the Flyers of not doing what it takes to maybe sign a free agent of that caliber. And fans heard all offseason about aggressive retool and. Yeah. And, then, and then here's a star player from the area who actually wants to come to the team uh, after it went through the year it did last year. And the Flyers didn't really do much about trying to go after him. And so, yeah, I don't think there's much frustration there among the fan base that they don't like Johnny Gaudreau. But I certainly think there's a little bit of uh, motivation to Gaudreau about the Flyers not really wanting him yeah. or thinking he could be a part of this right now. Right. And it's interesting to think about where the team would be right now if they had Johnny Gaudreau. Would they would they be a little bit better? Or would they be in the same spot? Because it's not like Columbus is in much of a better spot. Um, they're struggling right now with injuries. Yeah, major. I mean, Wierenski's out for the year because yep. he got hurt in last week's game against the Flyers. So, yeah. you know, they, uh, they're they not in a better spot. Um, quite frankly, the, the similarities between the two teams are – it's a lengthy list of similarities that these two teams are in right now. So um, in fact, I would give the, uh, 
a lot of the edge to the Flyers in the, you know, goaltending for sure. Um, I mean, with Wierenski out, definitely defense. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's – but, you know, that that's what free agency in sports is. This is what it creates. It's you go to a different team. He's playing in the Eastern Conference for the first time. You're getting – you're in these other buildings and against these opponents more than you were for the first however many years of your career. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a new landscape for you. Um and you're facing these teams that where the Flyers would see Goudreau twice a year, once in Calgary, once in Philly. And now it's, you know, you're facing the Flyers two times in a week. And it probably hits home for him a little more. So the motivation's a little more real than, you know, two times a year. Joe, how how important do you think it is to remind people about the big picture with this team? Uh, because I'll, I'll be honest, I, I'm actually still somewhat impressed they're seven, six, and three. Uh, I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team going into the year. And that was with the assumption that they were going to have Cam Atkinson, that they were going to have Sean Couturier. Right now, that there's no Couturier, there's no Atkinson, there's no James Van Riemsdyk. Um, Wade Allison just went down. And and they're actually staying afloat. And their goal differential is not, not out of control. They're preventing goals at a decent clip. So I'm actually overall somewhat impressed that they are where they are right now. I do think there is concern that these losing kids could start to pile, just given how injured they are, how inexperienced they are, um, and that Carter Hart's not going to be perfect. He's not going to be heroic every single night. So I do think there's reasons to be concerned that some losses could really start to pile and it could get could get a bit ugly. But overall, big picture, I do think they've cut down on their goals against, and I'm seeing guys play hard, and I'm seeing them make life somewhat easier on Carter Hart. I think those are positives fans can kind of wrap their arms around. Yeah, and I think the, the whole idea of being hard to play against is a big thing that hasn't been the case for the last few seasons, really since the bubble. Um, and I think we're seeing that, and part of that is not allowing goals, making things easier on your goaltender. Those things were they're doing. The goal scoring is the problem. We knew goal scoring would be a problem. John Tortorella knew goal scoring would be a problem. And he reiterates it every chance that he gets. So, yeah, it's it's definitely impressive. But what I will say is that style of play, it becomes tiring. And then when, when it become, becomes tiring, what's going to happen? More goals are going to go in. Your goaltender is not going to be great every night. Um, your defense isn't going to be great every night. You're going to take penalties. These are all things that we've seen go on really now in the last few games. You start to see the penalties go up. John Tortorella was fired up about that the other night because, you know, and it frustration leads to penalties. Being tired leads to penalties. And, you know, that's what we're starting to see. Yeah. And, um, but I think that's that's part of, it's tough to say that penalties and are, are part of the big picture with this team, but, because of the roster you have and the plan you have in place means you're playing through this year with a team that is significantly um, at a deficit when it comes to talent against a lot of their opponents. And that's what's going to happen. It's just, I mean, no one went into this season saying, you know what, if Travis Konechny scores 50 goals, they'll be a lot better because no one has the expectation that he's going to score 50 goals. His, you know, the old saying, like the back of the hockey card, the back of the baseball card, 
doesn't say that he's a 50 goal scorer. Um, and that goes for Kevin Hayes. It goes for many of the players they have. The problem with the big picture, I think, is that a lot of fans don't know what the big picture is exactly because right now you don't have you, you have a significant lack of goal scoring and you don't have any cap space and you have contracts that are tied up. Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, Ivan Provorov, uh, you, you know, Sean Couturier, you have Cam Atkinson with years left on his deal. You have a lot of guys that have term left on their deal. That's going to limit what else you can do. So really what is the big picture? I think that's what people are struggling with, not necessarily focusing on it, but what are they focusing on? And I'm not really sure that's John Tortorella's job to tell us. Um, that's more so the personnel department. And I'm not saying he's not involved with that, but he has to coach hockey games and he has to have his team ready to win or, you know, put them in the best possible spot to win. And I think that's what he's doing. That's why you're seeing the results. But I do think when you look at this team, there is a bit of a question about what that big picture really is. And and a four-game losing streak is not 10 games. It's not 13 games like the ones the Flyers went through last season. But those losing streaks were embarrassing last year. Uh, there's there's no other way to put it. They were embarrassing. And the expectation going into this year was that this team would not be embarrassing. They would at least be more competitive. So I think the challenge here for the Flyers and for John Tortorella is to stop the bleeding and not let this get out of control because that those were things they vowed to be this year was that they would be more competitive, that these types of skids would not spiral out of control. So I think that's the challenge for the Flyers. And if this thing does get out of control, then they're falling short of what they they vowed they would be and they're falling short of expectations. And I think it's a real challenge right now, Joe, to Scott Lawton, Kevin Hayes, some of the guys that are kind of new leaders now, and how do they keep the team uh, from going out of control? Uh, I think that's the key because the Flyers are young. They were really, really young with guys under 100 games of NHL experience, guys that haven't played a full year up here yet. Uh, They need to make sure this thing stays on the rails for the most part. Um, And I think that'll be a real challenge for, Scott Lawton, Kevin Hayes, uh, Ivan Provorov, some of the the faces now of the team. Yeah, I, I think it it's up to the guy, some of the guys that I just mentioned with the long term deals and guys that are here. I mean, the team is. I mean, I don't want to say stuck with them because they chose to sign the deals with them. So, but those are the guys that I mean. A lot of these players weren't here for the losing streaks last year, so they don't have any experience with that to draw back on. So it's up to the guys like Hayes and Lawton that were here to say, we're not letting this happen. We're not going to let this happen. Last year, it in large part cost Elaine Vigneault his job. Um, Well, one of them did. But, you know, there's a lot of the same core pieces in place here that were part of those losing streaks. But those guys need to... They need to flip that for these young guys because, you know, young players develop bad habits. And if one of those bad habits is, you know, folding like a deck of cards every time the adversity happens, um, that's going to really mar their career going forward. So you need to have the veterans, the guys you mentioned, step up and along with the head coach, 
put it, put the fire out. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, I think, I think the game against Boston coming up will be, look, I'm not expecting a Flyers win. Yeah. I'm really not, but I think more so than maybe any game this year so far, how they play in that game in Boston will tell you a lot about this group and this team. Absolutely. And if they can hang in there and they can give the Bruins, you know, a run for their money and at least come out of there feeling good about themselves, that can do wonders for confidence of a team, especially young players. Uh, once they that road trip continues and they come back home, they can feel a lot better about themselves. Uh, I think a key there would just yeah, not let the game get out of hand. I think if they're in it come the third period, that's a major victory. Joe, I'll finish this off with a little talk about Claude Giroux back in the building uh, over the weekend, uh, he got kind of his hero's welcome, as he should. And uh, that was pretty neat to see. The standing ovation was long. It was lengthy. Uh, I thought he deserved every second of that standing ovation. Uh, what was it like to see Claude Drew get that and um, and really leave leave the building with a win, too? That was pretty pretty cool for him. Yeah, so what's interesting about the Drew thing is he doesn't show you much. He really doesn't. So the, the, the length of the anthem got a little awkward, it did. I thought. Because he's not an emotional guy and he doesn't show like he doesn't wear his heart on his sleeve like a lot of guys do. Um, and then in the game, he he sort of, I mean, it reminded you of the things, the backhand pass that leads to the one goal. You know, he reminded everybody what they didn't have. Yeah. And I felt like like in last night's game, when you saw them on the power play a couple times it's now fresh in your mind because they just played Drew what they miss in Drew in the power play and his ability to pass the puck and kind of thread passes when there's, there's this much of an opening and not this much. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, um, it probably was a little painful to see for flyer fans, but yeah, I mean, it deserved, I mean, the guy is, uh, I mean, we said it in the pregame show, he's second, almost in every major offensive category in the team's history. Um, so he's definitely one of the, one of the most influential. And then I, I would also say one of the more polarizing slash debated captains in the history of the team, because his best playoff performances came before he was the captain. Um, and I do think that that's an interesting part of his legacy. And, and frankly, I think it's a part of a, his legacy that, certain that some people hold against him that they wouldn't put him in the same conversation as a, as a, as a Bobby Clark or a, I mean, Clark is the mountaintop, but even a guy like Eric Lindros, they got to a, a he won an, a heart trophy and they got to a Stanley cup final. And for a stretch, he was arguably the most dominant player in the NHL when healthy. Despite what Peter Laviolette said, I'm not sure that that was ever the case with Giroux. He was a, in the handful. I'm not sure that he was ever the guy. And um, I think that's kind of where the debate about Giroux starts. I mean, it's, you know, the other guys we mentioned, I mean, it's hard to compare anybody from the 70s to current players. Um, and then Lindros was so big and dominant. The, it was so overwhelming his gain. Whereas Drew was a more, it was a more subtle um, skill set. Yeah. 
and uh, we I mentioned the passing and the power play and kind of the the bank passes off the which he said he didn't do on purpose on the one assist uh, the other day, but it's those kind of things where you'll you you'll notice them on the replay and not on the lot like the live when Lindros played it was like he you knew he was on the ice all the time he would blow somebody up with a hit a highlight real goal whereas Drew it's like on a second look, you would say, wow, look at the play Drew makes on that. And again, the playoff thing is always going to be a big deal for Flyer fans. It's just, it just is. I mean, the, this team, the captains are judged on their playoff success. And as captain, Drew didn't have much of it. So I think that's why he's such a debated topic uh, amongst the fan base. Yeah, that will always be a running debate is did he have enough help uh, or or should he have won here? Should he have won here as a star player or no? Did he not have enough help and the team didn't really supplement his his, you know, his stardom and his skill and all of that? Uh, and it really reminded me just seeing him tip his stick to the crowd and seeing him wear a senator's jersey, just how damaging last year was. Uh, if If last year goes differently, perhaps they're in contention or perhaps they take strides getting back there. Claude Drew might still be here and he might be playing out his career as a flyer uh, and, and being remembered uh, for maybe m- even more things uh, that he would accomplish in Philadelphia. But it was a disastrous year last year and it resulted in them parting ways with Claude yeah, Drew. I mean, it really served as a changing of the guard. Yep. I mean, coaches, captains, go down the list. Uh, outside of the general manager, everything else kind of blew up. Yeah. And, um, this is it's the new sort of standard as John yeah. Tortorella calls it. And, you know, we're just seeing the beginning of it now, but yeah, that was a reminder of really what the last two years were like. Yeah. And that this is a major transitional season for the flyers. If, if you didn't need the rem, you know, if you didn't need the reminder that um, this definitely served as it is that, yeah, there's a reason why Drew's playing for another team and he's getting, you know, the ovation that he did, is because the Flyers are now in a major transition and they're moving on uh, life after Drew, which is pretty weird to say. But we'll have plenty more to break down, plenty more to analyze, more games coming up for the Flyers as they try to stop this four-game losing streak. But the big picture is always in mind, and we'll always have it in mind here on the Flyers Talk podcast. Joe Fordyce, thank you so much. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. Great to be here at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. Uh, A big thank you to Tom Finer, our video producer, and Ben Barry, our podcast producer, They've been super flexible with us and Flyers fans. Of course, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.